And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Hi. I'm Tom Lorry, and I will be your host today. Our topic today is going to be boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. Our guest mentor today is Nola Masterson, an expert on the topic. Nola has founded and invested in new biotech companies and sits on the boards of public companies with over $200 million in revenue and is today a highly sought-after board member. She also serves as co-chair of the San Francisco chapter of Women Corporate Directors. Noah, welcome to the Mentors Radio Show, and let's get started by having you quickly give our audience a little bit of NOLA 101, who you are, and so they get a better idea of how you got to where you are. Well, Tom, I couldn't be happier to be here and talk to your audience. Uh, I started my career uh, 40, 50 years ago when I decided I wanted to study science, and I became, uh, I got, a, I went as far as a master's degree and also worked toward a Ph.D. in biological science, and when I decided that uh, sitting at the bench wasn't going to be my forte for the rest of my life. Uh, so I exited the world of science at the university level and went into business and became uh, a salesperson for medical devices uh, through the company called Ames, which was a division of Bayer. And then I transitioned to Millipore Corporation, where I climbed the corporate ladder for eight and a half years through their program of uh, application specialist to field manager at the NIH, National Institute of Health, to being the regional director for the Western 21 states, uh, and finally the vice president of the biotechnology division. Uh, and I learned a lot about how science underpins business while I was doing that. And I decided at, at that time to spend my, uh, the rest of my time in helping the businesses that were doing good science get the funding that I saw was going to be really necessary. So I set up Science Futures to uh, work with venture capitalists and Wall Street uh, to make sure that the translation of science was continually financed, not just by the government at the NIH level, but by the venture capitalists who were very excited about the early biotech companies like Genentech and, and Gilead. And along the way, I learned how to uh, analyze a business plan and to talk to Wall Street and to tell them which companies I thought were going to be successful. And I, I developed a skill set for putting companies together. Part of putting companies together was developing a, a board of directors and a board of advisors in the early days. So that became a guiding light for me. And I, at the time that I started Science Futures, someone asked me, well, where do you see your career going in 25 years? And at that point, I said, I see myself uh, sitting on boards of directors in 25 years because I think I will have served all the roles uh, that I need to to be a really good board member by then. And all of those roles included not just carrying a bag, being in sales, understanding how to start up a company, but in the early 90s, I started my own company as founding CEO and took that company public on Wall Street in 2000 and then joined the venture capital firm that backed me in that time period and then sat on other company boards of companies that were privately held and invested in by the venture firm of TVM. I opened their San Francisco office and started to uh, do the same thing I had been doing at Kleiner Perkins and other companies by putting boards of directors and boards of advisors together uh, to create a culture that would support the evolutionary growth of biotechnology. And that leads me to today where I am sitting on boards of directors, but my focus is not just biotech anymore. It's actually helping more people men, women, especially 
understand how important the role of a director is in terms of the financial and cultural and and monetary uh, advance of any any new breakthrough technology. It, it starts from leadership at the top as well as designing good products uh, that have consumer engagement. And that's NOLA 101. <laughs> well, I think we got NOLA 101 and 102, maybe 103. It was great. So what major barriers did you have to overcome that brought you to this point? Well, probably the major barrier was uh, once you become good at something, people want you to stay in that role. So at Millport Corporation, where I was in sales and sales management, and I was very good at that, uh, I asked them, uh, did I, could they teach me a little bit about finance? Because I, I had a curiosity about why our stock went up and down and what was driving stock prices and how did money make money. And in talking to early-stage venture capitalists, I also wanted to know, how did venture capital work? How did investing in a company turn out to uh, then pro- provide passive income to investors? So the, the the barrier was really, well, you're good, you're good at sales. Why don't you just stay doing that? Um, so I, I had to I had to really carve my own path by finding other people that would help me learn what I wanted to learn. Different mentors at different times in your life become very important in terms of. The, the movement that, that I made uh, in terms of uh, climbing what I considered uh, out of just a, a, a position inside a company to, or to being an independent and consulting and being very successful in that role. And, and what is it that you found along the way that you're naturally good at? Um, I'm naturally good at communicating and making simple, complex scientific issues so that people get excited about the possibility uh, of something that never existed before coming into existence. Uh, I found my work on Wall Street important to making science simple for investors, making people that have made investments in early-stage biotech companies feel comfortable about what they were investing in. Uh, And it's really a communication tool to, to make things simple. And I think that was also the secret to my sales success because I think most salespeople will tell you that if you don't keep it simple, you lose your your ability to close the sale. And along the way, who was it that was your most important uh, source of inspiration? Well, I was inspired by my aunt who was a Ph.D. in chemistry, and she worked at... Um, uh, the uh, the firm uh, for Parents Magazine, if you remember that, and she was part of the Parents' Good Seal of Approval. And in doing that, she took her scientific skills and put them into her own uh, set of um, analytical tools to look at consumer products and give them the good housekeeping seal of approval. Very inspirational for a woman in her day to be commuting down in into New York and, and, and taking on that, that role. Well, great. We're going to come back in a few minutes with Nola Masterson. We're talking about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. You can go to our website, thementorsradio.com, and click on past shows to find many of our great past guests. This is Tom Laurie, and you're listening to The Mentors Radio Show. Hey, professional business women! I know how busy your life is to look your best. Nails matter. The good news is I can save you a lot of nasty, chemical-smelling nail salon time. Just imagine, a perfect manicure in just minutes, at home, even while watching TV. No dry time, no smudges, no streaks, and your new manicure will last up to 10 days, often longer. I'm talking about 100% real nail polish. Yes, real nail polish, including top and base coat, all in one, that can gently be stretched for a perfect custom fit. Gorgeous, vibrant colors, soft pastels, gentle glitter, or can't-miss designs and nail art. You have options. For about $12 a set, you can even get some free. Choose your colors or designs. Receive them in about three days. Done. Everything you need is included. Polish easily removes and does not damage nails. Check it out. Nails4me.com. Nails, the number 4, M-E.com. That's nails4me.com. Do you have occasional gastrointestinal symptoms like bloating or irregularity? 
Would you like to participate in a research study exploring a natural way of improving gastrointestinal symptoms and changing your microbiome? Metagenics uses natural nutritional supplementation to help you live well. Metagenics Internationally Recognized Research Center in Gig Harbor is recruiting participants for a clinical trial on how a natural product may affect your microbiome and affect your gastrointestinal health. Visit the Personalized Lifestyle Medicine Center by Metagenics webpage at improvegi.com. That's improvegi.com. Or call 253-853-7233. 253-853-7233 to see if you qualify for this study. Qualified participants will receive compensation for time and travel. Please visit improvegi.com or call 253-853-7233. Once again, that's improvegi.com or call 253-853-7233. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Moore, and I'm with Corporate Board of Directors expert, Noah Masterson. And we're talking about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. Remember, you can also listen to this show or any previous show via podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device, at any time. Subscribe at TheMentorsRadio.com. So when it comes to boards of directors, how important is a board of directors to a company, Nola? So, Tom, I think boards of directors are important for many reasons. But in today's society, there's a power shift from just the business as usual to the consumer. And the stakeholders of many companies are also the employees of that company. And boards of directors have to be aware of who are their stakeholders. It's not just the people that are buying the shares anymore. It's the community and the employees that work there. And that has become a role that I think boards of directors are more interested in than they ever have been before. Uh, boards of directors are also asked to look at the environmental and the social impact that the companies are having. And in this era of global warming, that is becoming a real marker for which boards are doing good work and which boards are not. And, and boards have to be aware of the shifting uh, of, of the sentiment that's going on as well as the shifting of regulatory, um, new regulatory mandates that are coming down for companies. And that's where the boards work is to keep the company on track during shifting times. And you've been, you've been, so coming back to the board, um, what is it that a board does? Uh, there's, there's, let's go back uh, a step and, and talk about the kinds of boards. If you, if you a board sure. uh, can be a board of directors for a nonprofit company. And in that case, they are usually passionate about a cause. And that board usually talks about how they can raise money for their cause, how they can get outreach for their cause, and how they can get their, their, their cause more well known. There's private company boards of directors, which nurture and support the growth of a private company by providing not only equity, but guidance and advisory role and nurturing for the, the nascent management team, giving context into upper management, uh, and making, making connections that may not be able to be happened by the younger management team. And then you have the highly sophisticated boards of directors that sit on publicly traded companies that are among the most powerful and influential boards that we have today. And they're the ones that are on the line, Tom, for making sure that the, the business is run properly, that the employees are treated properly, and that the financial bottom line is accurate and that there's no shenanigans going on with upper management uh, like we saw at Enron. You know, the board should have... So it's, it's a big responsibility, isn't it? Big responsibility, yeah. So if you want to be a board member, you have to be uh, prepared to take on a significant responsibility. So when we get to... Uh, you, you've had... Uh, I've known you for a while, and... You have a phrase, and that is a, a board service is a calling. What do you mean by that? 
uh, calling to a board is really um, the passion to be part of whatever the company or the nonprofit is involved in and doing it in a way that is, is different than being an employee. It, it, it's, it's more of the, I call, I call people that want to be on a board uh, the Yodas of today. Uh, you have to be wanting to bring your wisdom, your intelligence, your emotional EQ, your uh, adaptability EQ to the boardroom, and that is that is that is something that that takes grit, and and grit is an interesting phrase because it's not normally used, but it's a resilience factor, and boards of directors work hard. Uh, during times of uh, when the company is doing well, but the real grit happens when something goes wrong. You get a a product that doesn't pass FDA approval, and all of your shareholders are, are wanting to sue you because they thought that you had it under control. Um, the real work of board work comes a lot when things go wrong, not when everything's going right. And that's why I call it a calling because that's not that's not fun. But it, it takes it takes stamina. It takes um, ability to get along with other people on your board that might think differently than you. It takes an ability to uh, marshal the the, uh, the the strong um, support either for the CEO or to exit the CEO if there's if that's the the, the way that uh, you fix a problem and that is not always an easy task. So that's why I call it a calling. Well, it, the famed author, Michael Novak, also said business is a calling and said that uh, work itself has a spiritual value and human activity has a purpose and value. So I think that's in line with what you're saying about board service as well. Would you agree with that or make any comment on that? I would, I would totally agree with that. I would say that most um, young young people today don't think of board work uh, as they're building their career profile, but it 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 is something that you you want to think about early because it it it's a way to give back to the industry that you might be passionate about, and you would give back in a way that you wouldn't give back as an employee. And what does a good board look like? A good board is a diversified board. A good board in, includes people that think differently from each other. They have different ways of attacking problems, problem-solving style. Uh, a good board has the duty of care uh, to the company, uh, a duty of care to the shareholders and the stakeholders, and the duty of, of knowing what's going on inside the company. Um, doing their homework, making sure that they're reading up on what's going on. Those are all the duties of, of a board member. And what is the importance of uh, board unity? I mean, we talk about diversification, but what about board unity? Well, a good, a, a good board can, can um, make, make a break uh, a, a, a company and if you have divisive people that are always poking holes at what the company is doing on the board, it usually doesn't bode well for the success of that company. And if you have people trying to do the jobs of the CEO or the COO at the same time they're serving on the board, that also doesn't work very well. Because board board service is is is, is a level up from anything on the management team, and I like to talk about it as a, as a way of, of, you know, if you're if you're trying to do the job of management, you're not being a good board member. And what is the importance of the alignment between the board and the executive team, and how do you get it? That's a great question, and it usually comes from the ability of the board members to put themselves in the position of what would I do if I was the CEO here? What would I do if I was the COO? What would I do if I was a CFO? Um, you know, they, they have some empathy, have some in, in true feeling for what it is it like to be in that role. 
And then also, what is it like to be the guiding factor at the top of the board? What is it like for me to to make sure that the uh, company is well represented, that when I speak about the company, I'm speaking about it in glowing terms? to make sure that the, uh, the, the continuation of the company is highest in, on my list of priorities of things to do. Getting that alignment means it's not a personality contest between the board members and the CEO. It's a respect issue, that the CEO should respect the board, that the, the board members should respect the management team. And, and when you have respect, you can have a working relationship and a good alignment. And we're going to come back and continue on that in a few minutes. And we're with Noah Masterson, and we're talking about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. Remember, you can now listen to our Saturday broadcast on iHeartRadio or afterwards anywhere, anytime by subscribing to our podcast at TheMentorsRadio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org oathbook.org Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find BetterCreditDeal.com BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company, Cornerstone Payment Systems that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, Cornerstone refuses to process any porn-related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com. Do you have occasional gastrointestinal symptoms like bloating or irregularity? Would you like to participate in a research study exploring a natural way of improving gastrointestinal symptoms and changing your microbiome? Metagenics uses natural nutritional supplementation to help you live well. Metagenics Internationally Recognized Research Center in Gig Harbor is recruiting participants for a clinical trial on how a natural product may affect your microbiome and affect your gastrointestinal health. Visit the Personalized Lifestyle Medicine Center by Metagenics webpage at ImprovedGI.com. That's ImprovedGI.com. Or call 253-853-7233, 253-853-7233 to see if you qualify for this study. Qualified participants will receive compensation for time and travel. Please visit ImprovedGI.com or call 253-853-7233. Once again, that's ImproveGI.com or call 253-853-7233. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with Corporate Board of Directors expert Nola Masterson, and we're talking about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. Noah, in the last segment you were talking about is they were solving uh, various problems at the board level and how a board member should think about how, what is it like for the CFO, what is it like for the CEO, what is it like, like for the chief marketing officer, and so on. How, how is it, I mean, when you talk about that, it seems to me that the, the board member should have some operating experience or working experience. 
Absolutely, Tom. I don't think anybody should come to the boardroom without having experience running their own uh, desk, and whether that desk be a chief information officer or chief revenue officer or chief legal officer or chief financial officer. It's good to have that kind of uh, of experience behind you before you sit on a, on a corporate board, especially of a publicly traded company. It's also yeah. good when you're helping small startups to have that same kind of experience. So that takes us to the question, uh, what does a good board member look like in terms of what do they bring to the table? And you already mentioned diversity. Uh, we just touched on some working experience. What other things would you, when you're putting a company together and you're putting together boards of directors and advisory boards, how do you um, focus your effort to find the right person? What, what, do you make a list of things that you're looking for? Do you look out? I know a board helps a company move from A to B and then B to C and their transitions, uh, both in private companies and public companies. How do you map that out? And is that something that you do with the management team, with the boards, to try and when you're adding a new board member? Maybe you can give us a little bit of your uh, experience in that area. Well, the elephant in the room is always money uh, when you're building a small startup company. So on your board, you're probably going to want to have somebody with some deep pockets of money who have also uh, relationships and connections to other people with money because money makes the world go around and you cannot have uh, growth in a company without either revenue or investor capital. So you'll find, especially in Silicon Valley, that many of the board seats are taken up by investors. And many of those investors um, have contacts to Wall Street because their exit strategy will normally be uh, an IPO, an initial public offering, where they can sell their shares to the public. And that's an exit strategy for venture capitalists. It's also another investment opportunity for venture capitalists who might want to co-invest at that time. So that's one seat at the board. The other seat should be deep domain expert in the field in which the company is operating. Then you might want to have a statesman. Statesmen and stateswomen are hard to find. They usually have an ability to be partly change driver, partly challenger, partly unifier, and some area of expertise in the area of what the company is working on. That's also a good member of the board of directors. And uh, a quality I, I, I like to bring to board is that of, of a unifier, where you try and see where the company is trying to grow to and add value to that growth by bringing parts together. It's almost like building a family. And your children are different ages, at different stages, they need different teachers. Companies are the same way. At different stages of growth, they need different experts on their board. Because these are the, these are the, the board members, the board of directors, are like the parents to the company. This is Tom Lloyd. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. We're with Nala Masterson, who's the co-chair of Women Corporate Directors in Northern California. So when you talk about the uh, the board and the the, the money, the, the ones one person having the money, a company that goes through multiple rounds of financing could end up with a board dominated by people without operating experience and just bring money. Is that true? That's true. Never good for the board um, because then they have a conflict. Their conflict comes from the fact that they got that money from somebody else and they have to return that money, hopefully uh, 3 to 10x the amount that was put in. And that's a fiduciary responsibility that people that invest money have. At the same time, they have, some, they have the same fiduciary responsibility to build the company, but they're, they have a dual um, conflict going on. So I always like to bring independent board members that are not necessarily conflicted by their investment in the company to really guide and direct the direction of the company's growth. And independent board members in the public 
arena are the only members that can sit on the audit committee, that can sit on the nominating governance committee, and that can sit on the compensation committee. People that are invested, investors or, or, or that are employees of the company are not considered independent. And independence is a key factor to building a board. A good board should have money and independent investors. And the most important role of a board is to hire and fire the CEO, isn't it? That is correct, Tom, and that is what the uh, the work of a board is, is to constantly monitor and assess the fit uh, for the company with the CEO at the time of the company. And I often say that the CEO role is an evolving role. It's never a permanent role. Because a startup CEO may not be the same um, good person to take a company in an expansion phase. In an expansion phase, CEO may not be the right one to take the company public and sit on a publicly traded company board. And it seems to me that uh, that could be the hiring or the firing of a CEO could be a source of major conflict uh, with various with the investor types. Like I could see everyone having a different view of what is needed. Well. It's always needed that somebody that's sitting in the board uh, room can see that the CEO is capable of continuing to garner respect and financing for the company. If that is not happening, then that CEO needs to go. Yeah. Okay. So I, I get it. That's great. We're gonna we're gonna cut for a break right now. We're gonna come back in a few minutes with Nolan Masterson. We're talking about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought after board member. This is Tom Laurie and this is the Mentors Radio Show. Hey professional business women. I know how busy your life is. To look your best, nails matter. The good news is I can save you a lot of nasty chemical smelling nail salon time. Just imagine a perfect manicure in just minutes at home, even while watching TV. No dry time, no smudges, no streaks, and your new manicure will last up to 10 days, often longer. I'm talking about 100% real nail polish. Yes, real nail polish, including top and base coat all in one that can gently be stretched for a perfect custom fit. Gorgeous, vibrant colors, soft pastels, gentle glitter or can't-miss designs and nail art. You have options. For about $12 a set, you can even get some free. Choose your colors or designs. Receive them in about three days. Done. Everything you need is included. Polish easily removes and does not damage nails. Check it out. Nails4me.com. Nails, the number four, M-E.com. That's nails4me.com. Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find, BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company, Cornerstone Payment Systems, that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, Cornerstone refuses to process any porn-related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years' experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie. I am with Corporate Board of Directors expert Nola Masterson, and we're talking about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. So you serve as co-chair of the Women Corporate Directors of Northern California, and I understand this is a I don't know if it's global, but certainly a national organization. Tell us what it is that they do. Well, the Women Corporate Directors, Tom, is a, is a global community of visionary directors. Uh, it, it is a foundation, and they um, have a membership that spans 80 different countries. Their membership criteria is that you serve on a corporate 
board, either publicly traded or large privately held company or a family-owned business with a minimum annual revenue of about $200 million. And they also have a board next membership program where aspiring members can get publicly traded experience by having uh, board training. And we have educational training where we introduce board members and search firms as well as peer group networks to learn more about the ins and outs of being a board member. And, uh, you know, you were asking about uh, publicly traded companies and the CEOs. Most of the work of a CEO is in terms of building a good board. The median tenure of a CEO has decreased from 10 years to down to five years, meaning that half of them don't last even five years. So the board is the ultimate steward of the long-term company culture and the prosperity and resilience of the company. That's why it's such a calling and it's such an important role. So, I'm, I don't know, 45, let's say, and I'm a functional head of a company. I feel like I'm going to be a CEO someday. What is it that I should do to prepare myself so I can become a highly sought-after board member? Okay, let's go to that age that you mentioned, 45. I would say most people start to serve on boards in their 50s and 60s. So the 45-year-old should get a CEO role. So he or she would then have to report to a board of directors and understand that that relationship from the CEO perspective. Once you've had a lot of boards want sitting CEOs um, or people that have already been a CEO at some point and made a mark in the industry before you get on a board. In order to do that, make sure that you have profit and loss experience under your belt. Be able to read a balance sheet. Be able to understand what drives the division within a company, uh, what drives the um, product to be sold or, or the, you know, the, the, uh, the underlying pinnings that take a company from being a consumer company to understanding what cybersecurity is doing today. What is the cloud-based business doing for the company today? A 45-year-old would be totally within um, the the realm of today's modern board able to sit on a board if they were an expert in cybersecurity or cloud-based computing. Because those skill sets are not usually found in current uh, board members that are in their 50s and 60s. And are there any boot camps or things that I can get into to start preparing myself? There are boot camps. Um, I sit on a company uh, called Boardwise where they do qualification, certification, and education of, of aspirational board members that will work with you to build your board profile and will sit, put you together with uh, sitting board members and match the individuals to possible board assignments based on the fit and readiness. And almost plumb yourself for where, where what are you missing that would be good to have or really important to have, and then fill uh, the gap by getting your own education in either finance or human resources or if it's a if it's a if it's a uh, technology, getting some deep domain expertise in that technology. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. We're with Nola Masterson, who is the co-chair of Women Corporate Directors in Northern California. So, Nola, you were talking about all of these things that people bring to the table uh, at, uh, if they want to be a uh, board member. And you talked about boot camp. Tell me about the uh, the role of uh, character and how. Uh, that's viewed, and also I'd like you to talk a little bit about the uh, adversity quotient, which I believe is one of the tests that uh, your group gives people, and the importance of that. Oh, yeah. The the, uh, the, uh, the blurred lines that happen sometimes with board members is that they. Um, they, they think that this is a, a, a job where they can just sit and uh, be, be uh, talked to 
But the adversity quotient is, is really where the grit comes in. Well, what happens when what you plan for didn't happen? And how do you make that happen? Uh, I'm particularly interested in, in the, the, the need for modern leadership uh, that has some soft skills and that reemphasized by some of the business schools that include, you know, a focus in, on communication and collaboration. Uh, getting away from the disposition of I know more than you do and you should listen to me, but by operating in service to others and getting an aptitude for nurturing and developing others and the willingness also to show some vulnerability to admit you don't know uh, all of the things, but maybe you should go out and learn them. So there's always opportunities to learn what you need to learn on the board, whether it's audit committee or forensics, what happens when the SEC calls, or what happens if you get a cyber attack. And corporate brands uh, also need some ability to understand how their marketing and social media is impacting the company itself. And what's the board's role in monitoring positioning that? Board, board ethics is also very important, how you manage impending and potential issues around leadership. And what, when you uh, think about all the boards you've been on, what, what board would you point to as probably being the most outstanding? Uh, well, that's a good question. The most, uh, probably the, the, the board I liked the most was the board where I was the CEO uh, because I got to put that one together as, as it grew, and uh, it included the financiers, it included deep domain experts, and it allowed the company to have a successful IPO with the support of the board. Uh, and uh, in doing so, I, I just was able to take advantage of the multiple bo- boards I had put together in my early years with Kleiner Perkins and make sure that I had uh, good financiers and good people that knew the industry and uh, people that could connect me with the next round of financing, Tom. And the, the market today, uh, what is it like uh, in terms of demand for board members? Sorry, the, the market for board, the market for board members. What is the demand like? The market for board members is, is very interesting right now. There's more. There's more of a cry for women and diversity on the boards. So if you're Latino or black or a woman, they they want you on a board. The NASDAQ has actually uh, required that any NASDAQ uh, listed company have women and people of diversity on the board, at least two people. Uh, the Russell 3000 is woefully underrepresented with women on their board. Well, great. We're going to... Come back in a couple more minutes and continue our discussion with Nola Masterson. We're talking about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. You will find all of our show notes and links at thementorsradio.com. When you are there, make sure you subscribe so you do not miss any of our shows. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. Do you have occasional gastrointestinal symptoms like bloating or irregularity? Would you like to participate in a research study exploring a natural way of improving gastrointestinal symptoms and changing your microbiome? Metagenics uses natural nutritional supplementation to help you live well. Metagenics Internationally Recognized Research Center in Gig Harbor is recruiting participants for a clinical trial on how a natural product may affect your microbiome and affect your gastrointestinal health. Visit the Personalized Lifestyle Medicine Center by Metagenics webpage at improvegi.com. That's improvedgi.com or call 253-853-7233, 253-853-7233 to see if you qualify for this study. Qualified participants will receive compensation for time and travel. Please visit improvedgi.com or call 253-853-7233. Once again, that's improvedgi.com or call 253-853-7233. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. 
from McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org. Oathbook.org. Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find, BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company, Cornerstone Payment Systems, that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, Cornerstone refuses to process any porn-related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with Corporate Board of Directors expert Nola Masterson, and we're talking about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. So let's I got a couple of quick-fire questions for you to close out the last segment of the show. What is your ultimate mission in life, Nola? Well, I really want to empower women to have uh, the money that they want and to be able to invest with some impact and have some influence in making the world that they want to see next happen. And when you think about your arc of your life, what were you chasing when you were a teenager? Boys. (laughs) Boys. <laughs> How about as a young adult? <laughs> as a young adult, I really wanted to. I really wanted to be a scientist and really contribute back to science. Which Tom, actually, I can say I did by the company that we started in '93 called Sequinome, which got the mass weight of DNA and underpinned the whole genomic revolution that's going on today. And I, yeah, I'm very proud of that. So you've been able to satisfy your science. Uh, Love, I guess, huh? Uh, yes, I did. And my father told me when I was complaining that I, I didn't think I would make it as a scientist, that I would not know what my career was until I was 50 years old and I looked back. And he couldn't <laughs> have been more right as I yeah. stood over what was happening in my 30s. And uh, what is the meaning of life for you today? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guided by love. I'm, I'm guided by the, the ability to put the love of creation into work every day in my life. And when can you describe yourself when you're at your best? Oh, I'm happy, productive, making a difference in the world, um, and having fun. And at your worst? At my worst, I'm um, self-doubting and critical. And nitpicking. And what bores you? What bores me? Jokes that are told over and over again that I've heard many, many times. <laughs> well, it's, it's, and when you were uh, thinking about back in your early days, with you, what was the influence of your parents on all of this? My father was a doctor. My mother was a nurse who stopped nursing for having because she had six children in eight years. They both had profound influence on me. My father got up every morning, excited to go to work, and my mother was a little bit overwhelmed with the the uh, the task of raising six children. Um, and 
I, I really wanted to be more like my father than my mother and really enjoy my life and have fun working. So I only had one child who I definitely adore and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to not have any children, but I think six and eight years was too much. <laughs> well, I also grew up in a family of six, so we share that. What, what order, what was your uh, birth order? I was number two, the first girl. So I felt like I was going to be next in command if anything happened to my mother. It was a heavy responsibility for a young child. And uh, of this, of your five siblings, how many were boys and how many how many were it boys? It was three and girls? girls and three boys, which was oh, wow. great, Tom. I learned how to you know hold my own with women and men. And each one of my brothers and sisters has such different personalities that we we learned to share and get along, and we also learned to fight and make up. I grew up uh, in a family of five boys and one girl. So, well, last question. As you think over your life and all the people you've met, what is the one thing that you've recognized in the lives of those people that find their potential and enjoy in life? Usually it means they have a passion inside to do something that hasn't been done before and uh, a love of creation around that. So it, it usually comes out as some form of love. Well, that's terrific. Thank you very much for your time, Nola. Uh, my audience certainly enjoyed hearing about boards of directors and how you can become a highly sought-after board member. We've been talking with board expert Nola Masterson. We'll post links to our website, thementorsradio.com for the organization uh, that she heads here, Women Corporate Directors, and for BoardWise, a boot camp for anyone aspiring to be a board member. When you're there, subscribe so you do not miss any of our future shows. Remember, you can also listen to us online on any device, anytime, by going to thementorsradio.com or on any podcast platform, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. Join us next week at the same time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Lorry signing off for today. Remember to be all you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.